Welcome to Accounting High. You, you reference a lot that you had other businesses that you yeah. sold and yeah. to then become, you're famous now, right? Like, so before, <laughs> tell us about some of those. Is it uh, weird to, like, when people on, like, we know about you, but you have no idea It is about a little us. weird. It's a little weird. But so, uh, not famous, but in certain scenarios, like, someone will recognize You're accounting me. famous. Yeah, accounting famous. Or, or accounting, <laughs> hate, like, infamous, too. Some accountants hate me. <laughs> Class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, kids, do you like operations? It's Wednesday, accounting high, talking systems and processes, talking shop about operational balance. Balances, accounting, workbench to workflow challenges. Huh? Hybrid teams for Pete's sake. I'm trying to manage through screens, but I can't figure out which Zoom window's my next Come meeting. On. And Dr. K says, Acuity uses EOS. Uh-huh. Entrepreneurial operating system. Well, since 2012, my firm's been in the cloud. Join us as we go deep. I'll try not to run it to the ground. We're sharing profit and loss and managing back office. Attack staff just quit. Tried to hire on LinkedIn. No luck. And scope creep team count cast. Automate tax, compliance transactions, ID and bottlenecks. Come on, Ops. Scotty, wait a minute. It's my firm, dog. I know, and I said you could run it however you want. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi. Introducing the star of our show, Scott Scarano, Jason Ackerman, and Mike McCallowitz. We're going to have a problem here. Are you going to introduce our guest, Jason? I'm really bad with names, obviously. All right, first of all, are you Jewish? We're both no. Jewish. No. You have a very Jewish last name. Very Jewish. It's Ukrainian. My father was raised Orthodox, Catholic, Ukrainian, me Methodist, but it does sound Jewish. But I thought being Ukrainian is like the end thing. All of a sudden, like oh yeah, you're, it's are are people just Venmoing you money? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a morbid joke, but it's true. Like you know, like all of a sudden, like everyone's like, oh my god. That's amazing. You're so lucky. I'm like, but we have Mike Mihalowitz. Did I say that right? Well, I, it's, it's, it. I pronounce it. You're probably right. I pronounce it Mikhailovitz. In very uh, famous in the in the motherland, it's Miholovich. Um, so you can say whatever you want. I should have said it in Yiddish. That you was know what's my the worst problem. though? So Mikhailovitz, the translation means the Owitz means son of. And Mikal, it's Michael, so it's Michael. So I am Michael, son of Michael, which is like the worst <laughs> effing name. I went to my, so I went to my mother who's still alive, and I said, "What what's up with this? Why would you name me Michael, the son of Michael?" She's like, "Oh, that's adorable." That was her only response. Oh, that's adorable. 
<laughs> so it's alliteration though too and um it's, it's like being thomas thompson like or or something of those sorts but you've got you got a very key um alliteration though that's the m and m m and so m m and m m and m wow there's a lot oh, of right. good m and m's out there you know there's um mandy moore mike mccallowitz and, <laughs> and there's, there's marshall mathers and mm himself you know yeah m and m or some shady Mathers. if you prefer <laughs> So okay. this is the real Slim Shady. Today we have the real yeah. Slim Shady real Slim on. Shady. Well, the real Slim Shady show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, we were just talking before, and we want to know, first question, why did you pick the accounting vertical for your kind of profit first? Well, yeah. So it kind of picked me-ish. So when I wrote Profit First as a cash management tool, and I, I wrote the first so the, the, the book that uh, Scott has strategically positioned behind him is the second release. But the, the first release, when it came out in the manuscript form, before it was to be published, I circulated with some people. And literally the same day uh, of sitting out, someone's like, oh, I read the first X pages. And uh, who's the accountant that supports this? I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, I can't do this alone. I'm like, oh, Okay. So, and that started coming in. So very quickly, I was like, oh, this is a membership organization. Like, like, like kind of going to a gym, even though you know how to exercise, like, are you going to stick with it? Are you going to do something that doesn't injure you? So uh, this is the professional trainers for the gym are now accountants for Profit First and, and bookkeepers too. So when you're it. writing the book, you didn't necessarily know that. You just were writing it for entrepreneurs because you wanted to make right you know right a simple system so i noted that my accountant went to me constantly saying just read your income statement and your balance sheet and the cash flow statement i don't listen i don't know how to read any three any of those uh and even my profit and loss like i think i know how to read it i really don't understand how to interpret it and i don't know if my accountant knows how to read a cash flow statement i don't know if anyone really does it's like so like heady for me so i was writing this just to simplify it and and then when I started circulating the manuscript, this is before it gets published, I started asking people, and they're like, I need my accountant to do this with me. That's when I started integrating accountants into the book. Uh, so even with the first edition, I mentioned Profit First Professionals, which is our membership organization. And then the second revised and expanded edition, that's the one that really took off. It's, you know, it's fully integrated. So you're a very prolific writer. Ackerman dove into this question. I didn't want to go right into accountants as a vertical, honestly. I wanted to talk a little bit about he ruined just it. you growing <laughs> up. That's, that's so me. I, I ruined stuff. and Yeah, we'll eventually get there. But I want to hear, like, growing up, right, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Garbage man. I'm the trash I really man. Did. I still have a little inkling of desire to move your refuse. Was it the smell? Well, no. No. I mean, no. <laughs> no. You could be a metaphorical garbage man. No, Those right? guys were tough. Like, you would see a guy hanging off a back of a truck, smoking a cigar, <laughs> grabbing a barrel by one hand and flinging it in there and this crap going everywhere, usually missing the truck. <laughs> on the and then like, and jumping back on, and like waving goodbye or saluting goodbye. But when you look at like actual practical execution of like superhero-ness, it's a garbage man. And I'm like, that's what I want to be one day. But, um, I don't anymore, but I, I will tell you this. I would like to do a day run. I just don't think I'm tough enough for that, that career. I would, I would do it for a day. Well, especially if the weather was like, you know, 70 and sunny, it's great, but like 20 degrees 
in my my wife does, beater. I, I wear my good. wife beater undershirt <laughs> with the was the one nip precariously showing just a little bit of it. Cigar hang. <laughs> just trying to give you the full effect. The cigar yeah, is the cigar is key. Yeah, it's got to be a have the white cigar. See, and you know, just munching on it. In the south, it would be a pipe. Yeah, but right. in New Jersey, I think it has to be a cigar. Yeah, in the south, it definitely would be a pipe. New Jersey is one of those long so tobacco, a tobacco, tobacco pipe. Like, oh yeah, oh no, the legit. The, maybe even a corn cob. I think in New Jersey is the super long <laughs> cigarette, like the, yes. the you know, in the plastic holder. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's more north of here. I don't know. Do people still use those plastic holders? I don't see them much these days anymore. No, I haven't seen those in a long time. But people used to use them, particularly so women. When did your when did your they did, yeah. And especially uh, Virginia Slims. I Virginia Slim. Yeah. And you know why you did that plastic holder was so you didn't get the odor stuck to your fingers. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the gloves. Yeah, you can or, the gloves. Gloves or the gloves. Yeah. Oh, you're super welcome. I used to smoke with gloves on, so nobody Yeah, those long long white gloves that were down to your uh like near your elbow. I no, saw it that. Cool I saw that was all over the website. Yeah. So when did your dream of being a garbage man get crushed? What did you what, what did you end up going to school for? Figuratively and literally crushed. <laughs> oh, probably early, it's probably a kindergarten dream. I think by by you know second grade, I'm like, no, I want to be a baseball player. But that was my first job dream. I remember that because my teacher was like, you want to be what? Because everyone like rattles off the same answer, and then like garbage man, they're like what? astronaut. Astronaut, astronaut, baseball player, policeman, firefighter, you know. I wanted to be an accountant. (laughs) When you were in kindergarten? My grandfather was a CPA, and I looked up to him. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? To your point, that's, I think, the second level, to me at least. First level is like just arbitrary what you want, kindergarten. Then by the time you get to a certain grade, for me, it was around second or third grade. You're right. I started to aspire to be like my dad. He was an engineer. So I'm like, oh. Maybe I should do that. Then third stage for me is I saw the movie um, Wall Street, you know, with Gordon Gecko. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I started greasing my hair just like that. I'm like, I want to be a Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. <laughs> then I went to college for finance and I'm like, I don't know if I like this. So I ended up being a computer guy after college. So this is the McCallowitz hierarchy of <laughs> the McCallowitz hierarchy right? of aspirational dreams. And it comes full circle back to garbage man. Yeah. The <laughs> metaphorical garbage man. That's tell us about the first business because you, you reference a lot that you had other businesses that you yeah. sold and yeah. to then become you're famous now, right? Like so before <laughs> tell us about some of those. Is it uh, weird to like when people on like we know about you, but you have no idea. It is about a little us. weird. It's a little weird. But so uh, not famous, but in certain scenarios, like someone will recognize You're accounting me. famous. Yeah, accounting famous. Or accounting hate, like infamous too. Some accounts hate me. So it is kind of weird when someone's like, oh, how was like, how's the lawn maintenance going? Or, you know, or the driveway you're getting. Yeah, but you, you are posting all kinds of stuff now. Like you'll go, I saw the car ride the other day where you'll do rapid fire questions about real personal stuff. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you talked about the Bruce Springsteen concert. Uh, By the way, that was the first concert I've ever been to. Oh my God, he was so good. It was at the Meadowlands, yeah. He almost crushed my fingers. When he stepped. Um, yeah, so you're right. So there's a small community that that follows and hopefully is gaining benefit. The idea of sharing that stuff too is I, I don't like, like uh, the, the people put themselves out there as the gurus. I hate that word. I don't like the, the people 
They're self filators in my opinion. Put themselves on a pencil. Look how amazing <laughs> I am. You know, I'm, I'm rich. I'm you're not. There. You should yeah. follow me. JJ that. the CPA. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that stuff. So don't don't name names. I won't no, name. Sorry. <laughs> I won't name. The work I'm putting out there, I want people to realize it ain't spectacular. It ain't it ain't something new. I'm just taking ideas that worked in the past, packaging it in a slightly new way. But I'm a regular Joe. It's worked for me. And I hope it serves serves others. And it's the truth. A. B. I think it's also more approachable to. When I see like you know superstar person achieves this and that, I'm like okay, but won't happen for me because I ain't them. You're really authentic. You're really true to like I. I you you have a lot of consistency in in the stories and everything you say because it's always the truth. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Thank you. That, that kind of works. Listen, I'm an exaggerator though. I'll, I'll take some stories and like double down yeah. on it because they're just. Too, I like to joke around, so I'll make but stuff like for- super funny. It's yeah, funny yeah, to but me, that's at a, least. I know, and the funnier it gets, the better the story gets, and sometimes the bigger the exaggeration gets. But it's always for the effect. Like if yeah, you're, um, yeah, you know, I think that's good storytelling. Like someone said, like never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Like I think you got to exaggerate just to bring emphasis, but you can't. You have to be integral to the the situation and and the truth because the the second anyone is a charlatan, we will get found out and then and then it ruins everything like everything is ruined like the guy who wrote a million little pieces i forgot his name yes um, i dude i was it's so funny i was just reading the i don't remember his name either but i was reading the story like he comes out in oprah he's crying oh, no, you know it's not true james something i forgot yeah you know, yeah but, i know and, and of course but and she should have belittled him and she should have uh because i to a degree he could have made that a fictional story hey, oh you my know? god and it would have been just as good i know I know, I know. Or we could have to do like what, an autobiography that that has fiction. There's a term for it, I think. Uh, so, so, oh, yeah, I forget. Whatever, whatever. There's an opportunity to do that too, and I think yeah, you just you put it out that way. You know, yeah. there's there's a thing called the pratfall effect, and this is true for for all people. But when we see someone, particularly in a celebrity role, so you see like a, a Tom Cruise or whoever the celebrity du jour is, the pratfall effect is when they have a human moment, a blooper, an error, they fall, they actually become more likable. So the blooper reels at the end of those movies is actually one of the biggest assets for the approachability of those celebrities. Otherwise, they're, they're, they're unapproachable and, and less likable. Is it our empathy that makes them more approachable because you see that they're fallible and then you're like, oh, I can relate to that because I'm fallible too. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. There's... Um, there's this interesting phenomenon I was studying is that when we see someone in a superior position with a trigger, when I say superior, meaning they have something that we don't have, it triggers an envy response. An envy response, the only way to feel comfortable again in ourselves is to actually pull them down. I, I can't, I bet you with the Will Smith in a bucket, with the Will Smith slap heard around the world, I bet you a lot of people, and I, and I know me too, a little bit of me said, ha ha ha, you're not so good. Because that's an envy thing. Well, I don't have Will mm-hmm. Smith's credentials or back. So now there's a little bit of a, a fault in him, and I'm like, "Oh, you're nothing," and I pull him down. And this is true for all celebrities. We we look for a weakness that we can pull him down on when there's an envy position. But the pratfall effect, I think, avoids that. Is they say, "I'm I'm just human and flappable too," and, and then there that envy's avoided. That's my own analysis. That's not bad. I like in that. any no. rig- research or rigor. So. 
Well, I, and, I, and I like how your approach to a lot of your, you're a very prolific writer and a lot of your approach is you're, you're like a scientist. You're like, you know, this is, this is my theory. This is how I'm, yeah. and, and whatever you're going into, whatever topic. And, and most all, all, all your books are geared toward in, entrepreneurs. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, except for the children's book. And those are yeah, aspiring yeah, future garbage men. For, yeah, future yeah. potentially garbage men. I oh, mean, there's no shame in the garbage man. There you go. There's an element of performance, I think, or a um, showmanship that you have that I think is in, very engaging. Was there ever a, degree, like, a point where you wanted to, like, be an actor be in theater? or something like that? Theater? I don't know. Performance? <laughs> Me? Want to be in theater? I don't know. And scene. That was, that was a scene right there. That was my theater. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, not really, but not really wanting to be in a theater or an actor, but uh, I definitely like to joke around. Like, okay, a backup job for me would have been a stand-up comedian. Like, that would have been, I think, fun. So, and I have studied, like, I've gone through improv training. I have studied the performance techniques and so forth. I habitually watch comedians because, I a, I love their work. But secondly, I noticed, oh my gosh, I've never seen a comedian use a PowerPoint. How come the rest of us are using PowerPoints? A comedian can keep like an audience engaged for like an hour and a half, no PowerPoint, and everyone's into it. So practice. <laughs> Who's yeah. your favorite comedian? My favorite comedian? Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan's up there. But I, I just saw live uh, Bill. Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. No, Re Bill Regan. Brian. Brian Regan. Brian, oh, Brian Regan or Bill Regan, Brian Regan, Brian Regan. He, he's an older, older comedian, dude. This guy, Jim Gaffigan's excellent. Uh, oh, you know who's a uh, Maniscalco? Have you seen that guy, Anthony? Or is yeah, dude, that guy. <laughs> These guys. So uh, Bill, Brian Regan, uh, Maniscalco, Jim Gaffigan a little bit, but those two guys, the gesticulation, their hand movements and facial gestures are so effing good. I'm like, oh, that's performance. So, so those comedians, I love i love comedy too because it's truth and i think they're you know modern day philosophers comedians and rappers i think that at least and performers to a large degree i think you get more truth in some of the stuff that they're saying than you can get on the news yeah you know and and well, isn't like laugh a fear response anyway or something like it's triggering something and it's like ooh, and then we respond with the laughter i, I don't know if it's a fear response but I, I think it's something to that effect Basically, they're just they're poking a truth from an angle that we don't open, we don't visualize that stuff often, and it it is hysterical. I saw Maniscalco, and he uh, uh, he performed uh, locally, and he did a bit about um, how we respond to doorbell rings. You know, twenty years ago versus today, it used to be like, "Hey, welcome to my house." And now it's like you're hiding, and you <laughs> you, you make hope they don't see you. Like, what, like what's going on? So. Um, let me, let me try to reel it back in because we got we don't have that much time. <laughs> so today. the good um, show though is fun. I know we usually no we, we, we usually um yeah we, we the accounting's boring. This is better. I, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, accounting can get a little dry. I used to uh, and I still do uh, uh, GMAP. So tell me how that got started. The Grow My Accounting Practice podcast. Oh yeah, real quickly. So right private first. Uh, we have readers that say I wish I had an accountant and bookkeeper that did this. Then we had accountants that said, I wish I knew how to do this. I'm like, oh, you, you don't just get it by reading the book? They're like, no. So like, okay. So we started teaching them and we made the podcast originally to help people, accountants, 
in bookkeepers with the prop first concept, but then they're like, I don't really know how to scale my business. I don't know a lot of stuff. So I go, let's just make this podcast into an all encompassing thing. Yeah. So what's the, when, when you talk to accountants and it seems simple profit first, like what's the hardest thing for most accountants to understand? I think it's unwinding what we've been told. There's like thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of lessons, but you know, books and college courses and and all this online training, everything tells you this is the way to do it, and it just repeats the same refrain. And and the underlying principle is profit is a calculation that comes last. And we're saying profit is a behavioral response that when it comes first, everything else falls into alignment. And they're like, but that's not what we're told. And we're like, but this is the behavioral truth. And they're like, but that's not what I've been told. Unwinding, you know, when you've been told something so many times one way, and then you hear something different, not, not to harp on uh, Russia and Ukraine, but what's interesting is the news I'm hearing about Russia is the, the, the state-controlled, the government-controlled media, they hear the same thing. Well, there's interviews with Russians, and their perception of this war is radically different. I mean, it's a total opposite feed of what's uh, happening in the Western Front. And uh, it, it, they're programmed. It, it, you, you can't believe any different. Now, now, we could be programmed, too, so I don't want to get into like all this you know, kind of cerebral stuff. But once we hear the message enough times, that's the essence of propaganda. When you hear a message enough times, the, on the umpteenth time, you're like, oh, this just must be the truth. When we hear profit comes last enough times, it's like, well, that's what it is. It's clearly the truth. And I'm saying, maybe it's not. Maybe that's a logical, maybe it's a math equation, but maybe that's not a good way to operate a business equation. And you're like, I, I can't believe that. So that's what I have to unwind. Well, you're re- reverse engineering it. You're it's reverse, reverse engineering. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you can back into anything if you you know no, start with the end. Right? You sound like that's my garbage. So true. Man, I he mean, backs most... into anything. My mailbox like six times. <laughs> oh, I love that's that. a call. That's called a callback joke. Jim Gaffigan, <laughs> you're welcome. Mike drop. Mike drop. We're gonna drop you. In that's a so second. true. Like yeah, you might drop off of this call in a second, right? But even the metrics, like we talk about this all the time, like accounting metrics. It's all like, what's your gross revenue? What's like, but it never. We never talked about profit, which you think would be the most important thing to figure out. Well, we're trying to talk Amen. more about profit. No, you're, to- you're totally right. You're totally right. And, and the top line thinking is out, it's not just like accountants doing this. Like it's the whole entrepreneurial community. Like I, any magazine you look at, Inc., Fortune, any of these entrepreneurial yeah. rags, it's always like, look at the size of this business. It's the most unhealthy, sickly thing. Yeah. But look at the size. <laughs> and, and then we're like, I want big. Everyone wants big. I've calls with entrepreneurs too. They say, listen, profit can wait. Like that, oh my God, that kills me. They're like, I have to grow now. Everything's being plowed back into the business. Have to grow. Have to grow. And I'm like, why do you want to grow? They're like, well, one day I'll be profitable. And that's that's the formula. <laughs> no, like this is, profit is a discipline. It's not something that's like a, a flip of the switch, like one night just all magically appears. It's got to be baked into your business. So you've had quite a few podcasts. Um, how many do you have currently? Oh, just GMAP. I, I retired, I sunsetted. Mine sunset. Yeah, I, come back. I liked yours. I oh, you were the guy down. listening, Scott. Like I was, maybe one of the only ones. I think I had one listener. You, <laughs> me, me too. Maybe my mom was like checking in every so often, but it, 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 I just couldn't justify the time and effort to do it based upon the readership and, and quote unquote return. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, and how about the following on GMAP? Is I mean, you guys have been doing it quite a while. Yeah, it's yeah that one right. We've been doing it for quite a while. The and we we believe there's quite a few listeners. It's really hard to tell because downloads doesn't mean people are listening. 
But we do know our own membership, it's an outlet for them that's outside of membership. So they, our own members, we have about 600 accountants and bookkeepers active in our program, are listening in. And so it's primarily to be a service to them and then anyone else that benefits from it, my gosh, that's a great thing. I wanna know how you interact with your accountant. Regularly. So what, what, do, you, what do you want from your accountant? Well, so when there's a divergence in our cash flow expectations, and the only reason I would believe that there is divergence is I file profit first, I log in every day. If, uh, if the numbers aren't where I expect them to be, I just call them and say, hey, Keith, what's, what's going on? I'm actually more active with my bookkeeper. She's more the day-to-day -day, like check-in. But my accountant then, I'm like, what's going on and what can we do uh, to, to improve what's working, to fix what's not working, and then you know, reduce taxes too. Um, so I, I probably talk to him quarterly by default, like that's our schedule. And then impromptu, maybe once every month, but my bookkeeper every day, uh, almost every other day. What do you that. talk with your bookkeeper about every day? Well, that's the, the, that's the, the cash flow, uh, kind of tweaking. So we see things are up. We're like, Hey, um, what's going on here? What do we do? And we're like, Oh, you know, your, your collections are working. Then we go, Oh, is that because we're actually doing collection calls? We try to correlate stuff, um, cost control. You know, subscriptions are out of control. And uh, I look at them constantly and say, well, what duplicative stuff are we using? Like, why do we have a CRM and a separate email system when that CRM has an email system and the email has a CRM system? Like, those type of nuanced things. And it's just nice to have a second set of eyes, too. Like, we, we're doing, like, an, it's called an overpayment on a variable life insurance policy. It's, just, it's, it's a little bit of a, a tax benefit if you do it a certain way. And uh, just by talking to my bookkeeper so frequently, we found out that we, we could tweak that a little bit more um, and make a, a faster payment earlier and it would, it would serve us better. It's very nuanced stuff, but because it's such a high frequency, we're, we're catching these things. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking to your bookkeeper for more of like the day-to-day -day detail stuff. Yeah. But then when you need a bigger picture thing, strategy, you reach yeah. out to your CPA. Yeah, that's exactly it. You got to have the details right to be able to have those bigger conversations. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. So. He, you know, he's, he's, my uh, CPA is pretty good. He's like, you know, your bookkeeper, we work with lots of them spot on. And I wonder if that's because we're so critical of it constantly. I mean, she's an excellent bookkeeper. But I wonder well, you if, can't have a bad bookkeeper. Oh, there's a lot of bad ones out there. <laughs> There's a lot of. But I would say you can't, like, you know. Oh, I can't. That would be bad. That would be bad. My bookkeeper <laughs> You got your pick of the litter. You got your pick of the litter, right? How yeah. many? How many members are in um, Profit First Professionals? Six hundred, a little bit more than that. Wow. But that's internationally too, not just the U.S. Give every. We always ask all of our guests. Right. So most of our listeners are firm owners, probably your demographic too. So give them one piece of advice, other than Profit First, that they can really take to heart when they're running their business. Okay. Well, I'll pull another one from one of my books because this really works is uh, re to remove yourself from the business. You have to remove yourself from the business. I, I think we're just trying to work our way to one day have freedom. So I challenge everyone to schedule a four week vacation. I write about that in one of my books, but book it. And, and I'm not saying for tomorrow, I'm saying for a month, I'm, I'm sorry, a year to two years out from today. And why, what happens when we book it is there's a mind shift. It's like, holy cow, I'm about to leave my own business for a month. I can't do this. But then the mind kicks in overdrive and says, how am I going to do this? When you set and commit to these big goals, your mind reverse engineers the way to get there. So that's, that will be a big. That's clockwork. Yeah, it's clockwork. Right.
I just didn't want to say it. I love that. I wanted you to say it's it. The, staging for you. Uh, I've read all your books. I love them. I haven't read Get Different yet, though. Oh! I might. You've been amazing. Thanks. Tell us where we can find you really quickly if you're sure. interested in joining your community. So, yeah, the community is profitfirstprofessionals.com. That's the place to go. And he has great quotes from Oprah and Bill Gates on there. Oh, that's on my, that's on, yeah, that's on my site. That's mikemotorbike.com. So if you want to see me personally, it's Mike Michalowicz, but no one can spell it or pronounce it. Go to Mike Motorbike, (laughs) mikemotorbike.com, nickname from grade school, G rated. And uh, yeah, yeah, you'll see some stuff, uh, some famous celebrities that I'm, you know, buddies with. Famous celebrity quotes. Mike, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Mike. I I got a roll, guys. Now we can do a little recap here. The question, do you believe in profit first? I mean, it resonated with me when I read it because that's what I was doing with our clients and the way that we were telling them to run their business. That's exactly what we were doing. We were over withholding for their taxes, making sure that their taxes were paid first, making sure they were paying themselves first. We were setting up how much they were going to take as distributions. We were doing everything on the front end. So then they, then they had to re-engineer how they were spending and what they were doing with their, with their business on the back end. And then so, so when I read Profit First, it was like, oh, this is everything that we do already. But like some very, very uh, detailed instructions. So did you do that with your own firm? Yeah, I mean, not not Profit First exactly. We didn't we didn't take the methodology exactly, but there's it's really just the theory and the. Uh, so why did you not take it? Why did you not do it? If you're doing it for your clients, why do you not do it for yourself? Because I didn't have five bank accounts, and I didn't want to mess with that. I think that's easier now with Relay. <laughs> is that you what you're supposed like to do? That. You're supposed yeah, to have you a bank have account. have five bank accounts. you got to have a bank account for everything. The reason I didn't do it is because you had to have a bank account for tax withholding. You had a bank account for your owner's salary. You had a bank account for bills. You had a bank account. like Five different bank accounts. I didn't think that was necessary. But Is he thought, sponsored by Wells Fargo? I don't know. Um <laughs> But I think Relay would be a good partner for that. So, And people do that. Yeah, profit they, first with Relay. Two, two times a week or two times a month, they schedule their day to do the transfer. And it's like 10% of all revenues go to this. And 5% of all revenues go to this. And 20% of all revenues go to this. And then mm-hmm. you've distributed all the income into the other four bank accounts. And then you go from there and do everything else. So we were doing it a bit differently because we predetermined their withholding. And we would put it on, you know, as most of our clients are S-Corps. So we would just do over-withholding on there. And whichever, a much, I mean, they didn't have to hold it in an account because the IRS was holding it and the state was withholding it. We did similar, though. I mean, it's, it's more or less like a, um, it's a philosophy and, and a system. So to get the philosophy is to also change the way you think about running a business. Yeah. And then how you implement it. It's different I do like everybody. what he said, which was like, I think, you know, the tech companies have like trained us to be like, it doesn't matter about profit. Like it's only about your subscribers and your gross revenue. And, you know, that's what people want. But that's not, that might work for technology companies. Maybe. But like for accounting firms, that makes no sense to do it that way. And like a lot of these firms, they buy, they like, you know, they grow by buying these other firms. They get all this debt to, to grow the top line, but then their bottom line doesn't grow. That never made sense to me. Well, it's 
never going to make sense to you, you know, and it's probably not going to change. <laughs> well, I think they do it because they want, they, they're like, I want to sell my firm. So like we have to grow gross revenue and the only way to grow revenue in their minds is to buy other firms. Well, and it works for some people though. It doesn't for work sure. for you, but for Dan no, Emmerman, he told us the whole story about all the practices that he bought, all the troubles he had, and then he turned around and sold them. And now he works for zero. You know, he still doesn't have an accounting firm, but he said he would, he doesn't regret anything that he did. He probably would have still done it again. And like Michael Lee, he's buying up a firm a minute every two weeks. He's <laughs> every a new firm. every, every <laughs> couple of months. So some people thrive on, on that kind of, um, chaos, I guess. And then some people realize they just want it a little bit more simple. I mean, it's, that goes against profit first. It does. I, I would think so. I mean, we didn't talk about acquisitions in there. We didn't talk about how that how that fits it in, because it's it's a philosophy of running a business. You can have profit first and still be acquiring other firms, right? But I guess you're then just taking on you're taking on debt to pay yourself, potentially. Right. And the debt payments that's part of profit first is part of it goes to loans and goes to paying off debts, so you could be debt free. So part of the philosophy is you sacrifice on if, if you come into the profit first methodology with um, a lot of debt, then you're going to have to sacrifice paying yourself to get that debt paid off. So then at the end, you've got more in that bucket to be able to pay yourself. So, so what I don't understand about this is like when you need to hire somebody or, you know, you need to hire somebody potentially, but you know, that'll take a temporary hit to your profit. Mm hmm. How does profit sense or profit profit, profit sense profit first kind of explain that financial sense is what you're referring to <laughs> uh, that's a different that's a different app different um different yeah. conversation altogether so I don't know I mean I, I would think that it's just the same as debt or anything else you have to prioritize but I think the whole theory the whole theory which is like you can't run a business and not make money and pay yourself like you have to focus on like this is your business that you're running and you have to have a, make a living the way you want to make a living. And you have to set that profit first sense. Reframe. And, and figure out if you're not making money, why is it not happening and figure out a way you, you can make it happen. Right. Well, you're faced with that reality when you, when you don't have any more money to spend. So you want to spend it on this if you're very rigid about that plan and about that philosophy and you're, you come to before the end of the month and you don't have any money to spend on, I don't know, this marketing efforts or this next thing. I mean, it's, that's where you're going to be forced to really make a decision. If you can't pay yourself, then you just go hungry, right? That's, that's the entrepreneurial poverty. You know, it, it's sad, but at the end, that's the last thing they do is pay themselves. They pay everything else and they make all these other business decisions thinking there's money in the account. And then when it comes down to the owner paying themselves, they can't. So it's owner thinking about themselves first. It's like, put your mask on before the kids. So makes sense. You know, the profit first thing though, it does go like against, you know, like Simon Sinek's why, like, why do you do this? It's like kind of different than that. Cause he's Simon Sinek saying, you got to find your purpose and your your why is what's the most important and that will, you know, profit. If you have a good why you will make profit, okay. but you don't focus on profit. You focus on your why. 
Whereas and this is focused on your profit. James, but there's an inherent, there's an inherent push and pull to that. Is there? Like, so first your why is to figure out why you're in business and why you're doing what you're doing and what you should be passionate about. And that's, you need to figure that out before you're worried about profit first or anything else. Because you, if you're in the wrong business, profit doesn't matter. I, I think there's more to that than the why. Like, your the why is like your purpose, mm -hmm. and you're focusing on the purpose, and the purpose is not profit. It, it, in fact, he specifically says, Simon Sinek, that it's not money. Right. And profit first is focus on getting paid first and doing everything. So it's profit there first is, is a system. It's not a. So I, I I did say it was a philosophy. It is a way of thinking about it, but it's also the system that's in place. But I don't think that they are mutually exclusive. I don't think they. I think that they definitely go hand in hand because one comes before the other. This is definitely not a chicken before the egg thing because you can't be in business if you don't like what you're doing. And it doesn't matter. The money's not going to matter if you hate your life. So you got to have one before the other. Then if you're in a business that you love and you have found your why, then you should be focused on profit. He doesn't, Simon Sinek doesn't ever say not to focus on profit. It's, you know, finding your why. No, he actually says, and, if you find your why, you will be more profitable. Yeah. You will be because you'll enjoy what you're doing and every ounce of your blood and mind and time that you're putting into this business is going to be rewarded with the reward of I'm making a difference and whatever I've, you know, Mike McCallowitz, his why is eradicating entrepreneurial poverty. And he does yeah. that by writing books, by doing podcasts, by being speaker and all that. So he found his why and now he's finding his profit because he's running his business differently. It just seems interesting. Like if you just say, I want to be 40% profitable, like, is that going to happen? I want to be like, where's the where's the number where it doesn't make sense? Like, I want to be ninety percent profitable. Is that possible? The the philosophy of finding your why is also just not necessarily just a philosophy, but it's a way of life. It's like what what you were born to do, you know. So, yeah. and I would have liked to have get got into that where he talked about his why. One thing that uh, James Clear talks about in his in his book Atomic Habits is not focusing on goals but focusing on systems and processes and then the goals come so this hybrids both of those together so if you focus on the system and the profit and the processes of profit first and your why is apparent and you're doing what you want to do then the goals will get there and that's what atomic habits is all about i love it yeah all right let's end it there scott i'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow Class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, kids, do you like operations? It's Wednesday, accounting high, talking systems and processes, talking shop about operational balances, accounting, workbench to workflow challenges, hybrid teams for Pete's sake, I'm trying to manage through screens, but I can't figure out what Zoom windows my next meeting, and Dr. K says, Acuity uses EOS, uh-huh, entrepreneurial operating system, well, since 2012, my firm's been in the cloud, join us as we go deep, I'll try not to run it to the ground, we're sharing profit and loss and managing back office, the tax staff just quit, tried to hire on LinkedIn, no luck, 
And scope creep team count cast. Automate tax, compliance transactions, ID and bottlenecks. Come on, ops. Scotty, wait a minute. It's my firm, dog. I know, and I said you could run it however you want. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi.